tonight's meetup live is about making healthy decisions. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, we have to make several decisions, sometimes several times a day, especially if we have family, we're making decisions for absolutely the entire family because they act like they can't figure out what they desire to do or what they want to eat, what they want to wear. So we have to help everybody make decisions. And then we're also making decisions for ourselves, but then we have to make decisions as entrepreneurs. So what I wanted to talk about today is making those healthy decisions because sometimes based off of the things that we've gone through in life, we begin to make decisions out of that past place. So if we were abused, we begin to make decisions in a defensive mindset or if we have been mistreated or um, taken advantage of, we begin to make decisions differently. So when it comes to making decisions in business, we have to make sure that we're making it out of a clear mindset, meaning from a business standpoint and not of out of hurt, out of past pain, out of the last situation that happened. Although we take those things and we factor it in and say, okay, if this was a business mistake that I made, okay, this is what I could have done differently, but don't base your final decision based off of something that happened in the past. So that's something that we really have to look at when it comes to being an entrepreneur. For me, I remember before I dealt with all of my trauma that I went through in the past, before I dealt with that, I was making a decision based off of how I was treated or how I growed up or the things that happened to me. I began to make decisions based off of, of a defensive mindset, like the world was against me. So I had to make decisions based off of survival mode. And my business suffered a whole lot because I was doing a whole lot of things that I necessarily didn't know how to do. I didn't trust handing my business over or handing certain parts of my business over to other people because of past circumstances and situations that I had gotten into or things that had happened to me. So I had to really sit down and say, okay, these are my ultimate goals, but how can I reach this goal? I can't do all of this alone. And the reality of it, when we have that mindset that we're, uh, or we're operating out of survival mode, we don't make the best decisions. And that's just the reality of it. We look at it as protecting ourselves and covering ourselves. Do we want to do that? Absolutely. That's why your paperwork and the foundation, your procedures and policies, that's why you have all of that in place. However, when and with being an entrepreneur, you have to take risks and you have to trust people. Because it's, you can only take yourself so far. So, you can say, I can get my business to here. It's been successful. You can continue to work that same way and work that same route. But at the end of the day, you can only get so far. You will plateau out. You're not going to take yourself to the next level. So, now you have to make a decision. Are you going to invest in someone to assist you? Are you going to pass some other things off to someone else that you can pay them to do and let them do that particular part of your business so therefore you can focus on other things and create other ideas and trust that person to do what they're supposed to do and what you're paying them for you have to make those decisions or 
try to give certain parts of my business to my family because I only trust family because other people that I hired before, I hired them to do the work, but I never saw the fruit of their work. So am I just wasting my money? Am I wasting my time? So we have to really balance out our decision making. If, for instance, if it's something that we had a past business experience with someone, um, I'll say, for instance, I had, um, when I was running my wellness center, I had about three individuals to basically embezzle um, $30,000 from me in a week. Did I want to do business with anybody else after that? Absolutely not. Did I want to trust anybody after that? Absolutely not. Did I even want to work with other individuals? Absolutely not. I turned into the most horrible employer ever because I was overprotected about everything. So being overprotected about everything really caused me to lose a lot of money because I didn't realize being overprotected, I took the trust away from the individuals that was loyal to me. And I didn't even realize that I was making it a hostile environment for them because I was locking up everything. I was they had to ask for, you know, to to get lotion or get um specific supplies out of the, the supply closet. And that's not what, you know, I needed to do. And I was getting frustrated because every time they called me, oh, I need to get this out of the supply closet. I need to get that. And I had to keep going down and unlocking it. They put me in a, um, that situation put me in a, a defensive mindset. And what I didn't realize that I turned into a horrible employee. I didn't figure out until months later when everybody was unhappy coming to work. Everybody was on defense mode. That turned them into defensive employees. And so by me being beginning to make decisions based off of what the other people did to me, instead of honoring the people that was loyal to me and rewarding them for being loyal and, tr and continuing to trust them, I based the situation off of what three individuals did. And I just, I um, end up, how to say, punishing the entire company for what only three individuals did. And so I had to go back to the drawing board. I had to shut everything down and start small because the Bible tells us you have to be faithful over a few things before he make you ruler over many. I was faithful over the many, but when that incident happened, I began to mistreat them and I was no longer faithful over the few that I had left. So therefore, I had to start all the way back over. And by me starting all the way back over, it allowed me to really sit and hear the heart of my people that were working with me. And I didn't look at them no longer as employees, but I looked at them as business partners. And I began to ask them, so what do you think we should do and how do you think we should do that? So we became a team and we became a family instead of us, instead of them working for me. And it worked out a whole lot better. That turned me into a, a better employer. So I had to learn to make decisions, not based off of what happened, but what I have left in my hands. What can I do with that? 
what security po um, policies can I put in place to to prevent people from stealing from me? What what can I put in place for that? So I had to go back to the drawing board and get my policies and procedures together because guess what? I I had just started out and this this company grew extremely fast. I didn't expect it to grow that fast. So therefore, I didn't have my policies and procedures in place. And that made me go back and sit down and begin to put things in place and put things in its proper perspective. I can't penalize someone, but what I can do is create the policies and procedures to protect myself and my company. And so when I began to think that way, my decision making was a whole lot easier. I sat down with the people that were on my team. This is what I'm looking to do. What do you think? And when they began to give me idea, I was able to take those ideas and see how does it fit within the vision that I have for my company. And so by being able to say, these are the ideas that everybody threw in collectively. How can I make this fit for the ultimate vision and the ultimate um, mission for my company? And I took that and I had to pray upon it. I didn't want to just say, oh, well, guess what? I didn't want to make decisions out of lack because when they stole $30,000 from me in a week, a sister was hurt. However, I couldn't make the decisions out of lack. Even though some of the, the ideas were very profitable, but did they match my vision? Did they match my mission? And they didn't. So guess what? I didn't take it on. Because if I would have took that, my whole mission would have been diverted or abandoned because now I was doing something for the money and not for what my ultimate mission and vision was. And so at the end of the day, I would have been shortchanging myself. I wouldn't have been true to what my mission and my vision statement was or my personal statement for that matter or what God has called me to do. And that wouldn't have lasted long at the end of the day. And sometimes sticking to what your vision and your mission is, is very difficult and it can be very hard because sometimes it won't, it won't jump off and be as successful as you feel like it should be. Or it's not as grand results that you feel like it can be or what God has shown you it could be. So you have to be patient. Don't make hasty decisions because of what you're looking at right now. Make healthy decisions. Don't make profitable decisions based off of what you're looking at now. Take your time. It takes time to build a business. It takes time to build a house. It takes time to build a home. So yeah, you have companies that'll come out and they just start slapping things and you know, you got a house in a month or 30 days or whatever. But the reality of it, they've been doing it a while. When they first started building houses, did you think that they would have a house up in a week or 30 days. Sometimes it took them a while because they just started. And so what makes us think that we're gonna take a business that we're true to our mission and our vision and the calling that God has placed upon our life that we'll be successful overnight. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. So we have to make decisions that is going to stand firm on what God has called us to what the, our mission is and what our vision is for our business. Not profitable decisions because this is what's going to make me the money really fast. 
trust me, been there, done that. I joined every network marketing company, every MLM. I mean, if they were selling donuts, honey, I was selling donuts, lotion, vitamins. I mean, I basically did it all. And I had to realize that's not what God called me to. That's not what I was passionate about. And so once I realized that, God said, okay, it's time to switch it all up. Start from scratch. That's how another reason why Pretty Girl Hustle was birthed. Because at the end of the day, when I first started out in business, the first business he gave me, I was jumping just because I was like, oh, okay, well, I got to stick with it. I started out doing massage therapy in the beginning, along with life coaching. And I started out, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do mind, body, and spirit because I'm also dealing with the mind with coaching. And then I'm also dealing with the body. And then I also do Christian coaching as well. I'm going to just blend it all together, and it's going to be fabulous. Did that work for me? Absolutely. I mean, in 30 days, I made more in 30 days um, than I made in an entire year. Do you hear me? I made more in 30 days than I made in an entire year. And I was doing massage therapy by myself. Massage therapy and coaching by myself. And I said, okay, God, this is what you call me to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then he said, you know what? I want you to stop. I was easily clearing, you know, $1,200 easily every week. So I was making good money. God said, you know what? Now it's time to stop. And I'm like, what do you mean stop? He was like, shut the business down. I'm like, why I got to shut the business down? So, I, trust me, I was rebellious because I was making a, a decision out of lack because I know how it felt to work paycheck to paycheck. I know how it feels that you have days that you have to miss and you don't get paid and you may not be able to have enough money to pay bills and buy groceries. I know how it feels to make sure that my daughter ate but I didn't have any money to buy my own self food and I was drinking water and running home from lunch uh, for lunch from Sanderson Farm every day. And they asked me, what did I eat for lunch? And I was like, oh, I ate steak and potatoes lying out my teeth knowing I was hungry, don't know what, because I only drank a glass of water. So I know how that feel. So I was making decisions out of lack and I chose to stay in that business and keep working. But guess what? That was when I had all the celebrity clients. That was when I had all the professional athletes. I'm talking about NHL, um, professional hockey athletes, professional football athletes. I was working on actors. I was working on international recording orders. I did not want to shut down the business. And the result of my disobedience, my husband went blind in, in his right eye overnight. We went to church on a Sunday morning. And we came home, he took a nap, and he woke up blind in his right eye out of my disobedience because I was operating with a poverty mindset. I wasn't making the decisions based off of what God told me to do and based off what my mission was. And it was not until I closed that business down until three weeks later after I closed the door on the business, I'm talking about move absolutely everything out of the building, and shut the business down that he allowed me to start um he allowed my husband eyesight to come back we had been going back and forth to the doctor 
month after month, week after week, because I was operating out of a poverty mindset, and I was making decisions out of a poverty mindset because of the lack that I had at the time. So you really have to look at things from a different perspective. Don't base things off of your current situation and what you're looking at right now, especially when it comes to business decisions. And I know you have to make some sacrifices when it comes to family to make sure your family is taken care of. But when it comes to business, don't jump on it right away. If it doesn't fit your mission and your vision, your assignment that God has given you, don't do it. Some things look like a great deal. Guess what? If it don't fit your vision or your mission or your assignment God has given you, don't do it. It may be something that you want to add to your business, but it may not be the time. If it's not the time, but it's a great deal right now, don't do it. But if God say it's the time and you may not have the finances, see if they'll work with you. But remember, your integrity is on the line. So if they'll work with you with a payment plan or they give you a discount, just as you will make a sacrifice for your family, sometimes you have to make a sacrifice. God, like, okay, this is what I want you to do, and this is the time. You're looking like, okay, what from where, Jesus? Because I ain't got it. But he said, I'm the provider. And we have to trust that. So therefore, a lot of times we miss opportunities because we're thinking with a poverty mindset and we're looking at the lack that we have and we miss out on those opportunities then also sometimes we miss um, we miss opportunities too because well, let me rewind that we miss opportunities because sometimes we're looking at what we don't have okay sometimes we miss out on opportunities also because we spent so much money on stuff that we didn't need and we're not using so when God tell us to invest in something and to um, to start that opportunity now we don't have it because we have sat up and spent on stuff that we didn't need or we purchased out of season because we're looking at, oh, I got to have it. Sometimes we make impulse purchases because it's right now. And sometimes you have to say, well, God, if that's for me and that's what you want me to do, you'll let that come back around again. Or I ask, I ask about it a little later and they'll give it to me at that price. They'll give me a rain check. You have to be patient. Don't make the decision too soon or out of season. And don't make the decision out of lack either. Pray for God's perfect timing. And be willing to hear his voice. And ask him to change your perspective when it comes to you investing into your business. Like I said, you don't want to, to make decisions out of lack. And you don't want to make decisions out of emotions and an impulse either. Because both could be dangerous. You can miss an opportunity or you can invest in something that wasn't meant for you and then it doesn't work. For instance, I, I bought into this program 
um, for making t-shirts. Am I supposed to do t-shirts? Absolutely. But was I supposed to purchase this program and get into this whole training class and all of that? Absolutely not. I bought into it, and guess what? I didn't take two classes of it, but they got all my money. And God was like, that wasn't for you right now, not in this season. I still got other stuff for you to do. And I'm sitting up here, but he done connected me to so many people that can do the t-shirts and stuff for me. That was unnecessary money that I spent that I didn't have to have to spend out. So make sure that whatever decision that you make as an entrepreneur, I'm going to say it again, that it lines up with your vision, that it lines up with your mission, and it lines up with what God has called you to do. Another thing, and I know we talked about this before, even when it comes to your pricing, don't overcharge someone just because you got bills to pay. I've seen people that do that. They'll, they'll do a sliding scale for their payments based off of how much money the, they think the client is making or how much <laughs> their next couple bills are or what they're behind on. And they'll price their stuff that way. So you want to be careful with that too because at the end of the day, if more clients is what you need, then that's why you have to plan and prioritize and set goals so you can be able to reach those goals or attempt to achieve those goals week after week. When you set goals at the top of the week, you got seven days to make sure. If you're setting them on tonight, you got another, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You got another five goals to make sure that that is um, that you have achieved some part of those goals. Goals are important. As a coach, we tell people to set goals and we help them reach those goals and all of that. But oftentimes, we don't do it ourselves. That's one of our biggest downfalls. Or we set these gigantic goals out of, you know, yes, we're excited. We're also, we have this ambition and this zeal, but the goals aren't reality. If I know I'm starting out as a coach, then I know good and well that I can't just say, I'm going to make $3,000 um, in July. Well, what you selling? Because I want some of that. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. Because you have to get yourself out there. You have to get some testimony. You have to get the practice in. Stop waiting. Our mind, our decision making. We can sit and plot and plan so much stuff that we don't get into action. Don't be one of them people. Decision making. I'm going to plot this out. I'm going to plan this. I got my steps. But have you made the decision on when to launch it? Have you made a decision on when you're going to start? Because when we keep second-guessing ourselves and doubting ourselves, we keep creating insecurities for ourselves because the more we put it off, the more we feel like we can't do it. And then it's like, well, that's easy for you to say because you've been doing this for years. But guess what? I just started. 
I, when I said, okay, this is what I'm doing, I put myself out there. And I began to do the work. The word said, do the work of an evangelist. He didn't say you was an evangelist day one. He said, do the work of it. Do the work of a life coach. If this is what you want to do, put yourself out there. Don't wait on somebody to hire you. Create a platform so people will want to hire you. Like when I wanted to start speaking and doing speaking engagements, I didn't wait on anybody to hire me to speak. I created my own event, and I booked myself as a speaker. And then that's how I started getting speaking engagements. So you have to create a platform for yourself. Sometimes the door is not going to always open up for you. Sometimes you have to open the door for yourself. Because if God gave you this gift and this talent, he didn't tell you to do it and sit on it. You can't do it and sit on it at the same time. If he gave you this gift and this talent, he had you to invest in becoming a life coach. He had you studying. He had you mentoring under someone. But you still haven't got into action. What are you waiting on? Because if you've been a coach over, I'll say, over three months and you still haven't gotten into action, shame on you. Because you're sitting on a gift and not even using it. Create an event. Create a teleconference. Create, schedule a live. Collaborate. Do a live together with someone. Partner up and do a live with someone. And, and talk about a, a discussion that you're fluent in. We don't have to create a whole program to do a live. You can have dialogue and conversation and let people know how diverse your thinking is as a coach. But we don't do that because we're afraid of how tongue-tied we're going to sound or how we're going to look on camera. Do I care how I look on camera right now? Absolutely not. Really don't. You know, I try to come as presentable as I can, but at the end of the day, people are going to always have something to say. People are always going to have something to say about your hair, what your skin look like, what color eyeshadow you had on, why is her shirt wrinkled, why she got her shirt hanging down like that, what's that in the background, does she have a spider web in the corner over that? Like, people are going to always have something to say. At the end of the day, as long as you're fully clothed and you're ready, you come on live to discuss and dialogue and be able to share information with people then guess what? It doesn't matter what they think. You have to get started. You have to get out of that mindset of pleasing everyone. Everyone is not going to accept you, and that's okay. Everybody is not going to like what you have to say. Everybody is not going to like your prices, but that's okay, and you have to be okay with that. You can't get insecure with that. You can't second guess what you're supposed to be doing or what you're supposed to be charging because that may not be the, the genre of people for you. So at the end of the day, thank you. She said, I look cute tonight. Thanks, Patrice. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you have to say, I'm doing this because this is a part, a part of my assignment. This is a part of my mission. This is a part of the ultimate vision that God gave me. Because he told us to go out and fulfill the great commission. 
How can we do that if we're not doing what we've been called to do? Because I know everybody on this line and everybody on this live is called to do something in ministry. We have all been fulfilled to, you know, been called to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. We're not doing that if we're sitting on our gifts. We praying for people. We encouraging people. When people can't encourage themselves, we giving them hope again. We're, we're taking a burden off of them. We giving them direction. The God in us should shine through our work that they inquire about Jesus. But guess what? We don't do that because we're sitting on the gifts and talents. I say some of us don't do that because we're sitting on the gift and talent and we're trying to make sure everything is in proper order and in right place. When I started out, I ain't have no policies and procedures. I was just getting on a teleconference and I said, you know what? We're going to talk about the Bible tonight. Like I told you, I started out spiritual coaching. We got the Bible, and we went through. I did a mini devotion. People started asking questions, and then I started telling them how to apply it to their life, how to take the Bible, and how to manage their time. I started doing all of that. And then people started to hire me as their coach when I was just giving away on the teleconference for free, and then they wanted some time with me one-on-one. And I said, hey, well, you know, we do this once a week on a teleconference, but if you want to do it one-on-one, these are my fees. And they started paying. I didn't wait on them to, okay, just because I put life coach and I got a certification, I posted it and all of that. I didn't wait on them to hire me or ask me for my prices. I created a platform for myself by using a teleconference line that was free. And I still use that free teleconference line to this day. Oh, you you have to, how I say perfectionism is our biggest monster? Professionalism is one of the biggest monsters. And pro- professionalism can also create deep um, insecurities as well. Because you feel like it's not perfect in your eyes, so therefore you're not good enough, you're not successful enough, you're not ready, you're not trained enough. So all that professionalism, throw that mess out the window. We are all perfectly flawed. We all have something wrong with us. We all have room to improve. So it'll never be perfect. If it's perfect, you have nothing to build off of. You have nothing to grow from. So we're sitting here trying to make the perfect plan, the perfect release date, the perfect wording, the perfect structure. It'll never be perfect because you're not perfect. I'm sorry, you're not. None of us are. The only perfect person was Jesus Christ. And so we definitely can't (laughs) create something as immaculate as he is. We'll never be perfect. So that's why we have to set that aside. Because we'll keep creating wounds of insecurities and doubt. Everything that God told us that we wasn't, we'll start creating that by trying to create something perfect. So... If you don't believe in the gift, then don't expect others to believe in the gift. That is true. If you don't believe in the work and you don't believe in um, believe in what God has called you to do, 
then people won't believe it. If you don't have confidence in yourself, or if you don't have confidence in yourself, have confidence in him that placed the gift in you. How to say, when people get up to preach, remove all of me, Lord, decrease me and increase you. Say that when you start coaching. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. And if the people are attracted to you, they need to be attracted to the God in you. And that's where your confidence shall come from. Decrease me, Lord, and increase you. That's one of the things I say when I get on the live. Or sometimes I get on here and he just give me a topic and I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about. And I open my mouth and there it is. It's something somebody needs to hear. Sometimes I don't have anything. Like tonight he gave me a topic and you saw it was last minute when I posted because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. He said, talk about this. Because I know I put something up the other the week, the other week, and people say, you know what, that's so true. And I say, it's so many wounded entrepreneurs out here. And there's so many people operating out of a wounded state and they're making poor decisions based off of what happened in the past or what's currently going on now. And they have not healed from it. They're operating out of bitterness. They're operating out of a defense mode. They're operating out of hurt and anger, enviness, confusion, and that's not good because that begins to ooze into our work. And then people don't want to work with you, and, they, and it's not about what you're offering. It's about the vibe that you give off. And they're like, you know what, and I don't know, it's something. She do great work. He do great work. But I don't know. It's, it's something about them that's a little bit off. I'm not sure what it is. I can't put my finger on it. When people start saying that, your, your, um, your issues are showing. The things that you haven't dealt with is showing. Because what, the reality of it, when those people stole that money from me, it began to reveal some things in my life to me that I didn't know that I was still struggling and dealing with. When they stole that 30000 from me, I became, like I said, very insecure. All of my rage and anger came out. When I tell you all of my bitterness and unforgiveness was showing, it was ridiculous. And God had to use that to show me what was still in me, what I didn't resolve, what I didn't heal from. Because everything from the past came up. Everything floated to the top out of that one situation. How I used to be in the streets, and I was like, I only thing I gotta do is call this person, this person, and this person, and we can take them out. Like I got real dark for a second, and I'm being honest. And I was an evangelist at the time too. I'm just being honest. I was thinking about how I can take them sisters out. And God was like, but you were just delivering people a week ago. You were just praying for people and praying cancer out of people and they were healed just two weeks ago but then this is what happened when people steal money from you that i bless you with my whole mind state was jacked up 
And so all of that unresolved stuff that I hadn't dealt with in the past began to float to the top because God had to put the fire on me in order for that stuff to bubble up so I can recognize it and deal with it. When I was still angry and bitter and didn't want to deal with it, my face was going numb on one side. I couldn't remember what I ate the next day for lunch or for dinner or for breakfast. I was operating out of routine. Didn't really, you know, it wasn't nothing new. I was just operating and moving because I know what I was supposed to do at what time. It was routine for me. I couldn't remember anything. They had me on so many medications. I was going to church, sitting in the church, all high off of the medication, drooling on myself because I couldn't function. I couldn't drive. They didn't know what was wrong with me. But when God revealed to me, you haven't dealt with these issues. This is the problem. They'll never find the, um, the, the remedy to heal your soul. This is something that you have to work on with me. And once I made that decision to heal, then everything else began to fall in line. I had to look at everything from a different perspective. I couldn't look at everything from that old mindset because I had resurrected that old mind, mindset and that old Angela. Angela went back to Angela from the block. And I was ready to call the hood people up here to take these people out and send them on back to the house. So... That old me, and going back to that old decision-making, began to rise up, and I had to think about it. You can't hear God clean your name up. He gave you this. He blessed you with that. You got doctors and RNs working for you. You got personal trainers working for you. Esthetician is working for you. Naturopathic doctors working for you. What are you doing? Why would you do that? You're going to be sitting in jail. God bless you with all of you. You don't work with actors, professional athletes. And you going back to that old hood Mississippi mindset? That old gutter mindset? You going back there? And I had to say, you know what? That old man is not healthy for me. So I had to change my whole mindset, my whole perspective. And I had to deal with the very things that was tormenting me that I had refused to deal and address. And so that's why I say, that's right, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because if he didn't point that out to me, I was going down a slippery slope. I would have probably been locked up. I'm telling you, it, it would have been really bad. But because... He brought that to my attention. I thank God for it. He brought that to my attention. And see, he said, you have to deal with these unresolved issues because you will continue to make poor decisions when it comes to business. Because I took it personal. I didn't look at it as an opportunity to learn how to perfect my business. I didn't take it as an opportunity to put policies and procedures into place and make me a better business owner. I was taking it personal when it was never personal. He said, I will, um, he said, all things will work together for your good. What he was trying to do is show me you need to amp up your policies and procedures. If you want to be a boss, then boss up. 
You got to think like a boss. You can't go back to that hood mentality and make decisions out of a personal um, offense or emotions. You got to think like a boss. You're an entrepreneur now. You have doctors working for you, and you have no policies and procedures in place. And so I had to step back, and I had to really take my mind out of that hood mentality, out of that 18, 17-year-old hateful Angela, and really say, you know what? God, you got this. Show me what to do. Teach me. He said, before I can teach you anything, I got to heal you first. Because I can't teach you something, and you create policies and procedures, and if something like this happen again, those old wounds will rise to the top, and you go back to making hood decisions. So I had to make the decision. If I wanted to learn from him, then I had to allow him to heal me. And as I began to allow him to heal me, the pain started going away. My face stopped going numb. I mean, the doctor was like, what are you doing? Are you going to physical therapy? I'm like, nope. They just started going away. I would have a muscle spasm so bad that I was in the bed probably three weeks out of the four weeks of the month. It was horrible. And I went through this whole stage of my body just being wrecked with pain and they had no idea what they were doing. I was on electrical tinge unit. I had muscle relaxers. They told me I couldn't sit, stand, or lay no more than 30 minutes at a time. And then when it was time for me to go to bed, they had me on so much heavy medication to keep me knocked out throughout the night so I wouldn't wake up. It was that bad because I had unresolved issues. Then I started to get addicted to the pain medication. I'm being very transparent with y'all today. And I'm telling you, if you don't deal with unresolved issues and you don't change, deal with those unresolved issues and begin to change your mindset, you will corrupt your business. Deal with things while you can now. Because as I say this over and over again, you're dealing with real lives people with real issues and it's not a game it's not a game at all people are trying to survive I talked to somebody today they were just like I just want to throw myself off of a cliff people are really going through some stuff this person not even out of their 20s and they dealing with stuff but if we don't allow God to heal us how can we talk them off of the ledge because we st we dealing with some of the same stuff that they're dealing with. So we have to heal in order for us to release healing upon somebody else. Because how we can tell them how great our God is and how he can heal them, how he can bless them, how he can pull them out of poverty, how he can take their business to the next level when we haven't allowed him to heal us so he can do that for us. We're hypocrites. So, decision making. You have a choice to make. And it's for the benefit of your business. You have to decide 
if you want to be successful right away and make money and and how they say bring in that paper secure them bags you have to decide if you want to do that or if you want to heal and create a legacy because we can make money all day we can hustle we can nickel and dime and make money all day but will we leave a legacy it's just like being a dope dealer in a life coaching game. We can hustle up some deals. We can make some money. We can sell somebody a dream. But at the end of the day, are we creating legacy? Are we creating discipleship? Are we introducing them to the one who's the ultimate provider and who can take their business to the next level, who can heal their soul, who can change their mindset, do more for them that we can even introduce them to? Create a legacy because you're not just creating a legacy for yourself. You're also helping them create a legacy for their family. Because as they heal, as they grow, as they prosper, then they pass that on to their family. They got a different mindset. They're breaking the curse. But when we just hustling diamond and being dope dealers in the coaching game, we're a part of the problem. And you have to decide which what side are you going to play? Yeah, the name of my business is Pretty Girl Hustle, but I'm going to teach you how to hustle the healthy way because we're going to heal first and then we're going to get that money. But what we're not going to do is have you out here hustling with a wounded soul and you keep infecting people. You keeping people hooked on you and hooked on your gift and hooked on your talent. That's manipulation all day because they can't get nowhere without being connected to you if we teach them how to do it. That's why a lot of people say, well, why are you always teaching, want to teach people how to do it? Won't you just do it for them? Because I don't want them connected to me like that because they ain't mine. They God's. So at the end of the day, if I teach you, you can teach your children and y'all can have a family business and you can keep rolling. You don't need me because I ain't going to always be around. That's the reality of it. Nobody has promised to be here the next breath that we take. But if you help somebody create a legacy, you can still hustle, hustle and help them heal and help them secure a legacy for their family. Or you can keep hustling and taking their money and they have to keep coming to you like you're the life coach dope dealer. So you have to decide what you want to do, what you want to be named for. Healthy decisions. That's what we have to make. At the end of the day, we all entrepreneurs, but we all have a choice. We all have a decision to make. Are we going to be healers that teach people how to hustle and pass on the legacy to their family and also help break the curse at the same time? Or are we just going to teach them how to get that paper? Because, you know, dope dealers, they teach you how to run the business streetwise, but they don't teach you how to stay out of jail. Only thing they do is say, you know what, it's a multi-level marketing company. That's all dope dealing is. Trust me, I used to do it. When you get high up, you stop selling for everybody else. People selling for you now. You ain't got to touch it. You got the people to chop it up. You got to trust them. Because at the end of the day, you still got to trust some people. Even if you walking around with a gun to them or whatever. Are they naked chopping up your weed or bagging up your dope? 
at the end of the day, you got to trust people to work with you and trust them not to snitch on you. But how corrupt is that? What are we doing? We can teach people how to do it themselves and how to teach their family, make it an easy one, two, three step so they can pass it on to the others. Or we can manipulate them. This is what you need to do. And when you need to re-up, you can come back to me. So we got a choice to make. Healthy decisions. Don't make decisions out of lack. Don't make decisions based off of past hurt and past circumstances. Make the decision to allow God to heal you from your pain so therefore you can also help your clients heal and help them overcome certain situations. Because even if you're dealing with people in business or if it's their health or their finances, whatever it may be, they're going to have a life moment in the middle of working with you. And you're going to have to stop and encourage them. It's not going to be about what they hired you for. Because that's going to get in the way. And it's going to always be a moment for you to stop and minister to them. Are you going to be ready? Can you do that without being a hypocrite? Without saying, God can heal you. But we don't allow him to heal us. Or God can provide for you, but we're operating out of lack. So that's what I want y'all to think about. And um, yeah, so that's our Monday night meetup, <laughs> Monday night live. So I hope it was helpful. I pray that it was helpful for you all. But um, yeah, so I love you guys. <laughs>